Gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I am so glad to announce, as I already have in another episode, because we're recording multiple episodes today, but this is the first time that we are back recording together in person in 14 months. And so we're back with a real soundboard uh, that's questionable at the moment, but it should hold <laughs> out, we hope. And I'm one of your hosts. Grizzly Abner, and I am joined once again by Professor Wagstaff. Venom is Vinny. Hot toddy. Good to be with you again, friends, as we come to do a little bit of just a relaxed episode where we just just enjoy that we're back for a reunion after this hellish pandemic and year of 2020, the nightmare scape that was 2020. And uh, we just want to talk a little bit about uh, what we did during the pandemic, things that we watched, things that we enjoyed, where we found some joy and some peace in this time last year, what we knew as the Summer of Rage. <laughs> so, uh, guys, good to be with you again. How's everybody doing? It's uh, It's been a long 14 months. <laughs> you all should know that Professor has said that numerous times this evening. It's the line of the night. Look, I mean, this is just unprecedented. Vinny's laughing at me over and over again. <laughs> That's okay. We're going to embrace it. Yeah, don't put up with this shit. I'm not. I'm unfazed. <laughs> it's been a long time. And uh, we went through a lot of just testing the waters, recording over Zoom. Been It's been a tough time. I mean, 2020 was a difficult year for everyone. And to be here together with you gentlemen in the same room, it's exciting. I have went through over a year of the same goddamn schedule of, I mean, I've went, and and the whole point of this episode, to clarify right up front, is just a little openness, a little break from the usual of our discussion of horror movies. Checking in, and we want you all to know that if this is a rough year for you, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, we're all there with you. And so, like, the the better part of the year has been spent. Uh, I didn't get a break from work. I work in a warehouse that goes uh, predominantly to uh, food for zoo animals. Uh, so there's no break. Uh, many of the primates that are co-host Vinny loves. You got to keep that, that, that alive. food's going to them. And so there was no break for there. And so I also looked out for my parents who were closing in on the age of 70, uh, grocery shopping for them. Um, been tough. Like, all jokes aside, I mean, I know we, we like to goof on this uh, podcast here, but it's a, it's a serious relief. I mean, my parents have been vaccinated as well as myself. Um, it's been a tough stretch. And to be in the same room with you guys, it's exciting. And the joke of the night is 14 months. <laughs> and so I've said that easily a dozen times. But seriously, I'm so I'm so thrilled to be in the room with you guys. It, over a fucking year yeah. of the same schedule. I mean, I, I basically put in 50 hours a week. At work, mm-hmm. and then the, the weekends are filled with trying to help out family members who need it. Yeah, and so to get a little relief, sipping on the, this cup of releasing the Kraken, <laughs> is mixed for me, along with beers and other things, just to get back to a little bit of normalcy. Yeah, means the world to me. It's that's been a long stretch, and to all the listeners who have managed to uh, stick by us. With the Zoom calls. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's something folks should really understand is that this is the, this is without a doubt the longest time I've gone without seeing the professor in my life. Yeah. Uh, 
I've I've known Todd for about 15 years. I've been friends with Vinny for over 10 years. But Professor and I, we God, uh, 25 years now. Yeah, yeah. As sobering as that is, <laughs> 25 years now. The Professor and I. Do we need to leave the room? <laughs> we're, we're high school <laughs> classmates, roommates in college. Uh, you name it. Like if I, I I went from seeing this guy daily, then I would see him weekly, then I'd see him monthly. But yeah, I. 14 months. It's a long time. Yeah. It was it was very good to lay eyes on this dude today. So I've seen Vinny a couple times over the pandemic. Todd's been a pain in my ass we're, over the course we're sick of the pandemic. Each other at this point. <laughs> yeah, Todd and I are the Todd and I are the old married couple at this point. And so uh yeah, it's special. It's special. Vinny, what about you? This was an interesting year for me. Uh aside from the pandemic, I worked through the whole pandemic. Uh I didn't get any break from that, so I was an essential worker, if you will. Uh, if you call me a hero, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess you can. Uh, but this year was also, the pandemic added a little more stress to my life in that November of 2019, my wife was diagnosed with colon cancer, and so... She was going through chemotherapy <laughs> at the same time that a pandemic was going on. So, and I was going to work. So the fear of bringing the bug home was very haunting and uh, c- certainly an added level of stress and just fear in general. Uh, on top of, you know, and I also have a, a teenage son. And you worry about the development during those years with being socially isolated, things of that nature. So, as with anybody, it was a difficult period to go through. And I, 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 th- I like the the idea that for this episode, we're cr- kind of going to lay out for you how we managed to cope with that with. A lot, I mean, other aspects as well, but with, with the hobby that we all share and do this podcast for with our love of media and more specifically horror. So it, it has definitely been an, I, it's a, I, I get said a million times during this, what a time to be alive. Like, and I've been waiting so long and I'm, I think I'm, I'm finally to that point now where I'm, I'm seeing it where I can't wait to say, remember when. I can't wait to talk about all this completely in hindsight and say, boy, you know what, you know, for, for a whole year, you couldn't go in Walmart without wearing a mask. You know, (laughs) like I I want that to be a weird thing that I tell somebody else who never experienced it. I'm so ready for it all to be in the rear view mirror. And so to me, uh, people can think what they want and, and you can do what you want. For me, the whole the whole vaccine thing for me and my household has been such a relief. <laughs> such a relief in so many ways to, to, get, to make me feel some sense of security and safety. So I, won't, I won't go on anymore. Here, here. Hot toddy. Uh, well, similar to, I'm pretty sure all of us at the table are, I'm quoting my fingers, essential workers. Uh, uh, I too, like, uh, watching, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm glad that I didn't get any time off work because that was scary too, is, um, you know, we have friends that some of them still aren't quite back to work and, um, you know, even if they're getting unemployment checks and stimulus checks, that's not enough to pay anything. Um, so, I mean, I was kind of scared that, you know, you only get so much PDO time and, um, uh, for me, I work in the, the medical field. So I was terrified of getting COVID because they, you were not allowed to work. Um, so I would have lost out on work for who knows how long. So I think for us, you had to be out at least like 10 to 14 days and then be re-released to get back to work and. Um, you know, um, to me though, I was also worried cause we have a lot of older people that come through there and my parents are both in their, 
um, both in their 70s. Um, I think for me, like, if, if this was something like wearing a mask only hurt, you know, you, I probably wouldn't have wore it, but I was just kind of terrified that, you know, being where I w worked at, that I would get something and give it to somebody else. Um, so to me, I, I just kind of like have laid low and, and some of the usual stuff that I'm used to, like everybody else is kind of went by the wayside. As much as I love watching movies, I kind of think I've checked out from that because uh, definitely don't watch the load of movies that I normally watch. Um, I guess it might be a good thing because I already felt kind of cooped up. Um, but I still had some outlets here and there. So, um, And then uh, on top of it, I also started uh, cleaning on the weekend too. So I just don't get days off except for the occasional Mondays I would request to I think we had done two two uh, podcasts over Zoom, and that was all I could take, uh, other than the few times that I just didn't have a choice to do it. Um, so I kind of needed to at least be around somebody, and um, I think that's probably we were more comfortable, I guess, around because of the circumstances that you know uh, the professor and Vinny were. Um, you know, they really had to really watch who they were around. So. Um, I don't know, like, uh, I, obviously we've lived through another pandemic that people forget quickly about uh, that's still here. So um, I hope similar to where, you know, um, when we were kids, HIV was completely scary. I hope that's what this becomes. And like Benny said, uh, you know, um, I, I've had college classes with kids that were born um, 2001 or later, and they, they do not have the impact of what 9-11 is. So... Um, hopefully we get there really fast where, you know, you talk to a young kid and they're like, well, I don't get it. Um, you know, so yeah. I'm kind of ready to get there. Ready for it. Yeah. It's been a weird year for me to round out the, uh, the four bases of essential workers here. <laughs> um, many of you may or may not know that I'm an ELCA Lutheran pastor that may come as a shock to some of you. Um, but yeah, my work never stopped. We, you know, we would gather, for Sunday service over Zoom, we were responsible in that way. Um, and we're still taking necessary precautions for that, but you know that doesn't mean pastoral emergencies ever ended. People people died, um, people got sick, people needed me there to help them walk through whatever uh, trauma and depression they were going through. So that that takes its toll on me to help carry that load for other people as well. And then it was just kind of a a hurricane year here in the household as well. My wife totaled her car last April in the height of the pandemic. So for those of you who don't know, listen at home, my first wife died in a car accident. So that was not thrilling to have my wife in a very scary car accident and then not be able to go into the hospital and see her. That was not cool. Our little dog was also with her in that accident and she dislocated her leg and we had to have hip surgery where they chopped off part of her bone, which is crazy. Now she's running around great. She's fine. Um, but my wife is still dealing with an ankle injury from that car accident over a year ago. Um, I almost chopped my finger off while chopping onions. <laughs> That's after I butchered a whole ass sheep. I butchered a whole sheep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I butchered a whole sheep and was going to try some liver and onions because I'd never had it before. And it wasn't butchering the whole last sheep that got me injured. It was slicing onions, which I do on a weekly basis because I love onions that sent me to the ER. And, uh, yeah, just a year, uh, uh, physical health issues in the house, mental health issues in the house. Um, uh, one of my best friends took his own life. Um, yeah, just a, just a hell of a year, but we, we got through it, you know? And, and I mean, you know, we get it. Yeah, not to bum everybody out right at the outset. This yeah. episode, we're telling you how we got through it, what we did to cope. Yes, so that's right. Us. That's right. The sun, the sun is coming, my friends. We're just telling you, we're human, like the rest of you. And that doesn't mean you don't have shitty years when there's not a pandemic. But when there's a pandemic, and everything that came along with 2020, from a contentious election to civil unrest, um, it just amplifies all those other problems that you have on top of it. And so, we just want you all to know that we. We're with you. Um, we were not just some nerds who are living, uh, you know, uh, very easy lives and still doing a podcast over Zoom. We 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 dealt with our own shit too. So, um, yeah. So 
how'd you get through 2020 in the pandemic? Uh, <clears throat> for me, 2020, somewhere around early June, I remember thinking to myself, this is the bottom. I mean, and not to be depressing, but with um, what happened with George Floyd mm-hmm. and the strife in the country and the election uh, kind of looming on the horizon and the rhetoric that was dividing people. I am a very level-headed guy. I don't overreact. And for a rare moment, I felt overwhelmed. Yeah. And I think it's interesting and fun to share now that we're, we're through the storm a little bit. Um, I didn't know where we were going. Sure. Because with with the pandemic, the the research that led us to the vaccines that we arrived at had been a decade plus in the making. Right. And so that's all... You mean we're not the guinea pigs? Right. Much of that was very developed by that point. But for the average citizen, which I was, it's very scary. Um my then fatigue had set in where I was trying to help others and just get through my work week. And then the divide furthered with that event and the election that was closing in. And I'll be honest, I, the only reason I'd mention it is not to be overdramatic now, but just the gravity of it. And how far away it seems now. Yeah. Uh, People, to a certain extent, have been held accountable Mm -hmm. for some of that gravity. Um, But it's just so strange to me to be sitting here with you guys. I mean, while roughly it's a year away, it feels like 10 or 20 it's just, it's been such a taxing experience. And I and I feel like, you know, on the positive, there's been a lot of um, enlightenment that has come from that for certain people. Um, it's not it's not all negative and it's not all been overdramatic and taxing as some people want to make it out to be. I think there's much that has been gleaned from it that in a positive light, but it means a lot to me to be said with you guys here. And I realize that I've been drinking and it's easy to, <laughs> have, to uh, attribute it to that, but that's sincerity. All three of you, you guys mean a lot to me. It's, it's been a tough year. Yeah, man. And um, so much of that relates to what has been in front of us and watching people turn on each other so quickly. It's been very, very tough. Uh, good people and bad people alike have mm-hmm. turned on each other, and it's so silly. So much of it is so elementary, rudimentary stuff that won't matter in five years. Um, and ultimately, that stuff doesn't attach to this podcast. This is horror movies, usually. Yeah, but we're in a room together, and while that's behind us, it. And I and I recognize that it's been it's been tough, oh, yeah. and I'm so glad that so much of that shit is behind us. We can get back to talking about Halloween four or Nightmare three or <laughs> yeah. it's been a tough year, and I I've missed so much of sitting in a room with you guys. Mm-hmm. And I think at the crux of all of this, that's why I pitched the idea of just wanting to do a sobering acknowledgement because we've, we've, uh, you know, we've tried so hard to stick to the hobby. Yeah. And we've done a good job of that. Yeah. But I think that, you know, to a certain extent we owe the reality. Sure. That this has been here and we're past it and we're getting there. Yeah. But I, I think it's a fun break from what we usually do. Until we hit COVID-22, electric boogaloo. (laughs) Yes, electric boogaloo. But at the core of it, I love you guys. And it's fun to 
take a pause and say, you know, this is act one, two, and three of a movie and all that. It's just, it's been a tough year. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I, and I, I am glad that we, we at least had the technology at our disposal to where we could continue to record. We made it work. Because it did give me a sense of normalcy to at least be able to continue with it where not everything you enjoyed was on hold. <laughs> we can, we can still at least do that, you I, know? I lost jujitsu, man. <laughs> <laughs> and for, like, the, the, the Tiger King era of pandemic was the salad years of, <laughs> of the pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, Everything was shut down. I didn't care. Uh, I was watching Money Stack because we weren't able to go blow money eating out and everything else. And Tiger King was entertaining yeah, as shit. Documentary weirdos. I wa- yeah, I watched that two times through in the first month it was out. Same like, here. Woo! Loved me some Tiger <laughs> King. Uh, I also rediscovered, uh, I should say, my first love growing up. Because I had responsible parents who wouldn't let me watch too much horror as a kid. <laughs> um, my first love is is science fiction. And so I rediscovered my affection for Star Trek during the early part of the pandemic. And I grew up on the original series with my dad. And I, as a young teenager... I got into Star Trek The Next Generation, and I had watched that and all the movies and all that kind of thing. Uh, about 10 years ago, I watched all of Deep Space Nine. Well, I started off the pandemic by watching the entire series of Star Trek Voyager, which I enjoyed more than I thought I would. Uh, I, I am completely up to date now on all Star Trek series that have been out. So I, that was the one of the first things that, I eased into to pass the time because while I was still working, there was no extracurricular. I was just home after that. So I had to find ways to entertain myself. So Star Trek uh, carried me through a good few months of that, uh, binging episodes of that. So that's the first thing that, that got me through the first end of the pandemic. Well, I would say uh, when it started, uh, actually, I, I mean, you know, it was being talked about and stuff. Um, so I always like to write little, I, I think I do it almost to keep track of what I watch, which sounds weird, but um, the last two movies I had seen right before the shutdown was The Invisible Man and the Harley Quinn movie, The um, Birds, Birds, of Birds of Prey. So it's like the last two movies, everything shut down like right after that. We were due to go to a concert, which would have happened just days before the shutdown. So we could have seen Lauren Hill, Jade, I'm talking to you. Hmm. Um, but it kind of fell through. And I mean, who expected, like, honestly, like everybody, I think, was like, we're not going to shut down. This stuff doesn't happen. Like, I mean, this is America. Yeah, it's America <laughs> where they ignore stuff. Like, you know, the last pandemic. We're invincible. Right. Um, so um, on top of this, um, we are moving. So I moved, uh, my dad and I share a place. And so I moved us by myself uh, from March to, we kind of took, um, we, we officially moved in May, but like I had started moving us at the end of March. Um, I think that kept me busy, to be honest. And, uh, you know, with things going away, like I kind of will turn to garbage food. So I was eating a lot of McDonald's. So probably a good thing that I moved us by ourselves because it's what kept my weight loss off and, uh, and still able to enjoy nasty McDonald's. Um, but, uh, as we start moving in, I think in the past year, it's, it's really strange because I've things I love aren't quite there or they're weird. And, and movies is like movies and music's always big for me. Uh, reading, I love. Um, I feel almost checked out. And I think a lot of it too is just some stuff that, you know, um, not really dealing with, I guess, but just like some, some odd behavior for me. That's like something I'm not used to. So, um, but I found, uh, to me, as, as soon as we were moving in, um, I did not watch Tiger King. Um, everybody talked about it at work, but 
something that I hadn't watched that I'd been wanting to see was Shit's Creek. And so um, after moving, I started watching like episode one. And that got me through the start of this. And to be honest, like more than I probably knew because, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a unique show because um, it's quirky and it's funny. And it's, it's um, at times it's like a, like emotional, but like in a happy way. So it was well needed. And, um, you know, um, on top of all the COVID stuff and, um, and the pandemic and, and shutdowns and, um, you know, where I probably could have snuck in a vacation, but you're, you're scared to travel to go to anybody's house. And on top of it, if I'm going to be a hundred percent honest, I was scared to travel because of some of the, the, um, some of the things that were dividing our country. I was kind of scared of some of those people that, that I might, if I traveled on my own, I could be hurt by them, which I've never experienced in my life. Um, when I came out to my mom, that was something that she shared with me was that she was, um, kind of more worried. Like, um, she was just worried that she didn't want to see me get hurt by anybody. And I, I've never, I've never feared it. I've never, you know, when I was ready to come out, I came out. Like I told her, I would rather be killed for who I am than, than live to be something I'm not. And, and no matter what you do, people are going to suspect things of you anyway. So, um, it's just something I never experienced my entire time of being openly gay, um, that I was fearful of being gay. And unfortunately the, the, during the last four years, that was part of it. So, um, you're, when you're watching a show like Shit's Creek and, um, you know, there, there's African Americans and there's gay people. And the weird part about the show is, and I didn't know much about it. So as you start watching it, you're, it's a really weird small town and I'm expecting, uh, you know, that to be part of the plot is like, oh, there's gay people here, but it's, it was weird. And, and I know they got some stuff and some flack for it, but the beauty of the show is that it's a place where they accept everybody and it's never, there's never an episode of somebody being different or uh, of a gay relationship. It just is. So it's kind of a place that um, I needed to see because to me, I'm, I'm pretty um, a positive person, I think. And um, so, you know, I, I definitely have been pretty negative in the past year and it's not me. And um and then, like, you know, like I said, I love music and stuff. So concerts, um, I'm not sure when I'll feel comfortable going to a concert. Like, uh, I need to make sure that, like, I know there's some in the fall if they make it. So it probably just depends on to see how many people get vaccinated, to be honest. Uh, uh, cons, uh, there's been a few that's happened. And, you know, I, I feel like everybody that's been arguing, we all are arguing over the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um same thing. It's like we're all over arguing masks. Nobody wants to wear a mask. Um, so the ones that are, they're doing it for either they feel that they need the extra protection. But, you know, I, I appreciate the cons that are going and it's everybody's choice. But at the same time, it's definitely a bummer to everybody that you have to wear. You know, most of it, you're wearing a mask for photo ops. And, and it, I think everybody understands. But um, I'm just hoping that by the time I go to the next con that maybe, you know, I've been vaccinated since uh, I think the doctors got theirs first and I could get mine about two weeks after. And I did mine right away because um, number one, I felt like I was healthy enough that um, I just felt like a lot of people were scared of it. So if anything, if I had to use myself as an example that, um, you know, things were okay, um, but I'm ready to take the damn mask off and things to get back to normal. Um, mm-hmm. Movies are still there i mean it's not like it blew off movies but um i think two of the big things for me was was schitt's creek and then in the fall um because snl carried on but they i don't want to i don't all these music videos and stuff where they're wearing masks and stuff no i don't want to see that so um snl you know the end of last year had the from home and they were by themselves and um you know usually comedy isn't somebody just being by themselves it's it's how you're interacting with other people and honestly, that's that's where I really get my energy from is other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I haven't watched as many movies because I enjoy watching movies with people. And um, when SNL returned in the fall with no masks on, um, I felt like that was kind of a almost like a return to, to kind of like what I knew before. Um, movie theaters have slowly kind of reopened. So there's a little one I love sneaking to in Ohio. And they, they mostly have shown classic films. 
And I know that people, I, I myself am itching for a lot of the movies that were postponed, but I love watching old films in the theater. So that was something that was uh, enjoyable. So right uh, on. hopefully when you come back to me, I'm, I'm even less much of a bummer. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if you can break your current right. streak for how yes. long you spoke. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, I'm this right battery there. Battery acid in this, by the way. I'm not throwing <laughs> your face. <laughs> <laughs> Harvey Dent. Uh, so I'm right there with you on Shit's Creek. Um, the wife and I watched that this year and just loved it. Absolutely loved it. So can't recommend it enough. It's so good. And even my parents watched it, which really surprised me. <laughs> they loved it too. In fact, I called them and they're like, "I was like, what are you doing?" They're like, "Watching Shit's Creek." I was like, "You're rewatching it?" And they're like. Why not? I'm like, yes, why not? Rewatch Shit's Creek. It's that good. So, yeah. Uh, one fun thing to talk about, uh, Vinny brought up his first love being sci-fi. One of my first loves was video games. And um, I grew up an only child out in the country. And so when I couldn't be out in the woods hunting, fishing, etc., you know, I was, you know, my parents were at work. I'm just... I'm being, I'm being babysat by the Sega Genesis, you know? So I played lots and lots of video games in my youth. I got away from that as I got older because I'm a really social person and I just would rather have those opportunities. But this pandemic gave me the opportunity to play a lot of great games that I just hadn't played over the years. My wife and I played through the entire Uncharted series on PlayStation and had a blast doing that. Uh, we played through all of the next-gen Tomb Raider games and had a blast doing that. And so just some odds and end games along the way. But that's something I have not done in years. Like, a game will come out every three, four years that I feel like playing, and I'll play through it. But other than that, I just don't do it. And so we did a lot of that uh, during the pandemic. Um, and then I'll just throw in another watch, something else that I watched during this whole thing. Um, Got to give a shout-out to The Mandalorian. Yeah. We went through The Mandalorian, what, two seasons now? Yes, yep. two. two seasons. Yeah. Man, what a show. I mean, Schitt's Creek, Mandalorian, some of the best shows that have been made in a long time. Tiger. Yeah, Tiger King. Yeah, of course. I, I watched Tiger King, as I said, as you said, twice, and I just revisited it for a third time a couple months ago. Nice. And so, um, yeah, definitely loved the Mandalorian and just to get that escape because the new star Wars movies just, they're not terrible, but they haven't scratched that itch for me. And the Mandalorian has done that. The Mandalorian has tapped into yeah. the magic of the original star Wars films. It's a space Western. It's done so well. There's a cute little baby Yoda. Of course you all have seen that. His name is Grogu by the way. Um, and that, you kill him, baby Yoda, I will throw hands. <laughs> <laughs> so those those are a couple of things right off the bat that, that yeah, really got me, really got us through entertainment-wise because, yeah, we were stuck at home a lot, and that's what we did. We Indeed watched we stuff. Were. Yeah. Professor, what'd you discover? Anything you watched? I took an interesting approach. I would – I love the – exploration of different topics and so what i would do is i would take a different theme and i would pick out four or five entries for it and i would just do that for the week and so for the better part of the year and people the select few of the listeners that are friends with me on facebook um would see it, I would put up, you know, like recently I've been doing political thrillers, for example. Mm -hmm. And so I just took it as a chance to explore the things that I constantly would think, oh, if I had more time, I'd do this. And so I really just kind of dug into little niches of film and TV, um, things that I wished I had more time for because of the work week and the schedule. Um, but by and large, it hasn't changed too, too much. I just took some of those angles and explored it. Um, other than I've had less time to watch stuff. That's what's been so strange about this is that people talk about, um, you know, the time spent at home and the things being canceled and all that. And I actually felt through this that I've had less time to watch stuff than usual and it's just been grueling um, the extra precautions and 
I, I mean, my my work week is busy as is, but on top of it, with the pandemic, it's it's robbed me of even more time. Well, the, you know, the amount of time that it takes that you need to do things for your parents because they can't go out, right? So, you know, stuff. You know, and I've I've got a nephew. Um, I've got a nephew and a niece, but a nephew that was born with complications with holes in his lungs and um, respiratory issues. And he he appears to have grown that through, uh, but that's no consolation yeah. when you're dealing with a respiratory virus. And so that's really driven my obsession and me unwavering with breaking from that. Um, uh, so, but for the, but for the viewing purposes, as we're talking about, I, I've really just tried to take topics and I just pick like four or five and it was a nice break, um, from the monotony of the schedule to say, okay, my topic this week, as mentioned before, like the one I'm doing right now, political thrillers, I've got five movies. I'm going to watch them when I can. Um, and obviously with the podcast, We've got our selections and whatever, mm-hmm. and I watch those. But um, just trying to find pleasant distractions and things that I've been interested in but haven't necessarily felt like I've had the time for. It's like, okay, I'm stuck at home. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm going to watch more Kurosawa movies or things that seem more taxing. Um, it's been interesting. And I felt like I've scratched only about half of that. Okay. Uh, I don't want to step on your toes, but do you want to tell the listeners about your your Tarantino pairings that you were doing? Sure. That's not stepping on my toes at all. Um, I have loved Tarantino movies since Pulp Fiction came out. It changed my understanding of modern films. When Pulp Fiction came out, I, I was right at that cusp of being able to watch modern things, mm-hmm. things that my parents would allow. And it, it, as a household that I was raised in watching older films, Pulp Fiction flipped that on my head. Um, the, the nonlinear storytelling and, and the violence and the language and the discussion that came with that, um, that's been a wonderful distraction. And for those that keep up with me on social media, whether it be Facebook or Instagram, uh, Tarantino has always been a soft spot for me. Um, I've had some really neat experiences, uh, primarily with the church from Kill Bill out in Lancaster, outside of Los Angeles, where we went there on Easter Sunday. Oscar, the preacher, invited us in. We talked about the filmmaking process there. I, I love these movies. And so what I've been doing um, throughout this is I'm a very, very big fan of the New Beverly cinema, Mm -hmm. which Tarantino has taken over uh, after the owner had died, and he runs the double bills there. And so I I just kind of thought, okay, I can't go out there. I'm going to do that at home. I'm going to create my own double bills, and what more fitting way to do it than with Tarantino movies, the guy that said, and I quote, with my last dying breath, movies will play at the New Beverly. Because after the owner died, he said, I'm buying that. This is going to continue. And to anybody who ever has a chance to go out and visit Los Angeles, go there. It's very, very broken down and simple and the best parts of the movie going. But um, what I've done through through these months, and I posted on uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. is to pair a movie with a Tarantino movie. Something that either I think directly relates to one of his movies or something that has inspired it. Just a fun excuse to watch a couple of movies on a Saturday night because the world is shit right now. (laughs) Not so much now, but through that. And I've had a lot of fun doing that. And so like a couple of examples would be um, the hateful eight with cutthroats nine, a direct influence from it, watching back to back. But again, you know, you could do whatever you want with that. You could watch The Thing mm-hmm. with The Hateful Eight. You right. could have Kurt Russell with the uh, un- unpredictable group of uh, potential criminals with him out in the snow. Right. Just interesting parallels that run with that. 
And so I'm glad you brought that up. I hadn't even thought of that for this topic. Just yeah. something that's carried me through on Saturday nights because the work week is so long. You pair them up. I do a coffee with a Jackie Brown, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Movies, movies have uh, made this year much less painful. Yeah. I thought that was a fun thing you were doing. Vinny, what else has been on your docket? An interesting wrinkle to it is that in the in the last year and a half, two years, my son has, and he's thirteen now. Uh, he started. He took an interest in the Friday the Thirteenth movies for whatever reason. So he and I sat down and we have watched the first. I think we watched through Jason Takes Manhattan. I got him about 10 minutes into Jason Goes to Hell, and he said, I'm not watching this, and walked out of the room and refuses to watch. I got him to watch Freddy vs. Jason, but he won't watch anything past that with uh, with, the, with the Friday the 13th movies. So Friday the 13th Part 6 particularly stuck with him for some reason. Hmm. He really liked that one. Interesting. So the pandemic... Everything shuts down in late March, which is the last time I've been to the movies. Uh, the professor and Hot Toddy and I went and saw the original King Kong in the movie theater in mid-March. That was the, the end. The and week, there, there was the a guy. before, I feel like. There was a guy in there wearing a face mask and <laughs> rubber gloves. And I remember making fun of him going, hey, bud, if you're so worried about it, why don't you fucking stay home? <laughs> and then the next week, the entire nation shut down. Uh, so... I was the idiot. He wasn't. Um, so the kid took an interest in this stuff. And then I, I, I'm not going to pass judgment here, <laughs> but days of the dead, the convention ran the following June, I believe it was. So everything shuts down in March in June. Days of the dead is having a convention in Indianapolis. And uh, granted, there's social distancing guidelines and you have to wear a mask and all that kind of thing, but pretty brazen for that early in in the pandemic. Well, C.J. Graham was going to be there, who played Jason in part six, and my kid really caught wind of it and really wanted to go. Riku Browning was also going to be there. Oh, yeah. Who was the creature from the Black Lagoon and all of the underwater shots. And I really wanted to meet Riku Browning. And Riku Browning is 90 years old and was doing convention appearances during a pandemic. It's crazy. So I wrestled with it and I wrestled with it on whether or not I should go. I took the kid and on the whole drive, I said, look, if we get there and there are a ton of people there, we're not going in. So just know that up front. You right. Know? And I, I've been going to conventions for 10 years, you know. So we pull up, and Days of the Dead is now running in the hotel that Horror Hound used to run into, which I've been to that convention a million times, so I know the visuals of, of that convention. So we pull up, and it's a Friday. Fridays generally aren't attended all that well at a convention, especially Days of the Dead conventions. We pull up, and we pull up to this hotel, and I have my choice of parking spots. I know things are okay, you know? So we throw our masks on, and we walk in. I am around more people on any given day in a Walmart than I was at this convention. Mm. So the kid and I take a, a walk through and walk over, and there's C.J. Graham. And my kid really wants an autograph, so I'm like, okay, that's fine. you know. So he goes up. C.J. Graham could not have been cooler to be the first celebrity for a, a kid to me. Like, he he was so, like, I don't know, man. And he was responsible. He was wearing his mask. He he kept distance and all that kind of thing. But, He's a really uh, nice guy. And, and the kid was nervous, you know. And I said, well, you're his favorite Jason, you know. And he said, he looks at the kid and he goes, well, don't tell Kane Hodder that. You know? <laughs> He's like, He's like, don't tell him I'm taller either, you know, and joking around with the kid, compliments the kid on how cool he thinks his hair is and this and that. They take a picture together. They're masked. There's, they're enough distance apart. 
the kid, I've been to a lot of conventions. The kid has not, you know. So I and I met Riku Browning. It was quick. Uh, he was wearing a face shield, but I got that eight by ten autographed. You know, I met a Universal monster, and for somebody who grew up in the era that I did with my dad introducing me to the things that he did, absolutely astounded as a grown-ass man that I got to meet Riku Browning. I remember watching Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D on Channel 4 when my parents had to bobby pin the 3D glasses behind my head because that's how small my head was. You know? <laughs> uh, and, w- and we walked around a couple times. And honestly, it was pretty sparse in there as far as vendors and everything. And when we walked out, I said to the kid, I said, hey, man, you know, I'm sorry. It was, you know, kind of low-key or whatever. And he was like, I thought it was awesome. Because he'd never been. He didn't have anything to compare it to. You know, he got to meet C.J. Graham, his favorite Jason, all this and that. So that that for March shuts down and then you get to June, that was a nice little piece of normalcy that I got to have, even though things were way different. Masks and social distancing, how how few people were were in the con the day that I was in there. That was very different for me, having gone for years at a time, but the kid really enjoyed it. So there's that end of things that, that I guess I, I uh, use that time to connect with my kid on a subject that I enjoy, a horror. And, and not, I won't elaborate much on this, but in October he turned 13 and he had been playing Fallout 76 a lot. And there's a big thing about the Mothman and West Virginia and all that. So we took a trip to Point Pleasant, West Virginia on his 13th birthday, the two of us, and met up with a friend of mine who is from that area who kind of acted as our tour guide. So we got to go to the Mothman Museum. We went out to those igloos that they have where they used to make the munitions and out in the area. And we had the Mothman pizza, and we got to have the whole experience. So one of the pluses of being stuck at home was that I got to have some time to connect with my son. And I know from having raised another son that is a grown man now in his 20s that that time can get away from you so quick. And so to have that that those moments were very nice and I am thankful for that uh, during the pandemic that I don't know if, if my life had been busier and I'd been doing other things that I, I would have taken the time to do it. So I'm glad that I got those opportunities with the kid to kind of share that common interest with him. Make an account. Well, uh, I was going to say, like I said, I was watching less movies, but uh, I started kind of picking up, I don't know if I would call them hobbies, but um like uh, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Green Thumb. Usually, if I'm given a plant. Most of my first plants I've ever been given. Uh, one of the first ones I ever got, I was like, "Oh, that's that wasn't fake." After it died, hmm. uh, but I had, uh, I moved into. Um, it's actually the uh, apartment right next door to where I grew up. So uh, weirdly, um, uh, I've lived in a few places over like the last decade or so. I actually kind of when we moved in, I, I felt at home. So that was a plus and just like working on getting the, um, you know, our place together. And I was planning stuff out in the yard. And, um, so, uh, as weird as it is, I'd get off work and I'd go kind of tend to the flowers in the yard. And, um, I used to walk downtown a lot, which I, I live right down to our downtown area. So even though a lot of the stuff I love is long gone, um, I still would walk down just, uh, it was almost kind of like the same path I would walk to go to the movie theater downtown. And um, and then I, I kind of started picking up some weird hobbies that, uh, like, I kind of re kind of, like, started tracking down old Garbage Pail Kids, uh, like the cards. So just some weird stuff I used to collect as a kid. Um, He-Man toys kind of came back out last year, so I started rebuying those. Um, just kind of, like, collecting and stuff. And... Uh, I definitely had like uh, one of the other than the the you know your convention family and, and the friends you go with and uh, you know friends that you you see at conventions and that's usually where you, you you know meet up again and I definitely that to me is number one for conventions and then you know meeting celebrities and um, 
But one of the big things that I was definitely missing was the vending tables. So, and there's a lot of people that I feel like we've become friends with that, um, you know, that we met through just buying stuff from them or we have friends that sell stuff too. And so to me, I kept making a point of trying to buy stuff from a lot of them sell stuff online. And, um, you know, a lot of them, that's their, that's their complete livelihood. So, um, I just kind of like, uh, it was kind of like kind of meeting a need that I wanted of, of, you know, merch from, from the cons and, and helping them. And so, um, I just have been trying to buy from different people. Um, and then moving in, like there's, I have a friend that makes shadow boxes and that was like one of the first things I bought. So, um, just kind of like trying to pick up some weird hobbies and, and stuff like that. And, and it kind of worked because like I said, I earlier, I kind of had a, I guess like a shorter attention span of, of sometimes even watching movies. Um, although I think the, sometimes I feel like it's, it's almost like homework when we have like a, the movies we're watching. So I think that helped because then it kind of got my movie needs too. And I feel like in the past year we have picked a lot of movies that, um, Sometimes I'm known for watching more older stuff again than new stuff. So uh, definitely a lot of new stuff has been picked by by at least somebody that um, that I probably wouldn't have watched otherwise. So uh, so that's kind of something else that has got me through. Right on. Uh, I too, like Vinny, visited the Mothman Museum again. That <laughs> was my third time. Don't know that the third time was necessary, but. Uh, first time was a separate trip with my wife a few years ago, and then uh, my wife and Todd and I went down to the Mothman Festival, which was a lot of fun. But then I had some uh, really good friends who were from my hometown that moved out to Wyoming, and I made a deal with them before the pandemic that when they came back to visit, I'd, I'd take them to the Mothman Museum. And then they came, and I took them to the Mothman Museum. So shout out to Victor and Amanda. We had a good time at the Mothman Museum. Also got a Mothman Pizza which was awesome. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're running low on time. I just want to throw out a few things here really quickly and not spend a whole lot of time, but the things that, that I watched that really, um, really helped pass the time. Uh, back on the, the subject of TV shows, Cobra Kai. If you ain't watching Cobra Kai, you're messing up. Um, that was a really good one for me, and I just burned through those. So much better than it should be. Yes, exactly, exactly. My wife and I watched a show on FX, no, sci-fi, called Resident Alien with Alan Tudyk. And Alan Tudyk's great. A lot of you know who Alan Tudyk is, but highly recommend uh, Resident Alien. <laughs> yes, exactly. And um, I just watched the whole Rocky franchise for the first time. Uh, in my adult years, I I'm remember. Blown away that that's the first time you've seen the Rocky. Yeah, I remember bits and pieces of it as a kid, but this is the first time I sat down as an adult and watched the Rocky franchise. And needless to say, I loved it. So there's no surprise there. Um, a couple good murder documentaries that were out. I'll be gone in the dark about the uh, East Area rapist, original Night Stalker, with the whole thing with. Uh, McNamara. What was her first name? Michelle. Michelle McNamara. Right. Patton Oswalt's yeah, wife. Patton Oswalt's wife. And so that was a phenomenally done documentary by HBO. Interesting story. Yeah, for she sure. She was robbed. The cops gave her no fucking credit when Such. they caught him, and she led to that. Such bullshit. Yeah. Um, also enjoyed a little documentary called The Last Blockbuster, if none of you have seen yes, that. that is a good one. It's out in, like, Oregon. The last yeah. blockbuster is. So that's a good one. Um, the crime scene, Cecil hotel, the night stalker. These are all things that we've talked about on other episodes before, but those were really enjoyable views. Um, yeah, I think it's about all the shout outs I want to give. And then, uh, yeah, for, for Wilson who loves all the old obscure stuff, went and watched Shogun assassin for the first nice. time. <laughs> Lone wolf, Lone wolf and little cub, right? Yes, interesting, interesting <laughs> franchise because they recut that for American audiences. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's good stuff, though. It's fun. Yeah. And then last but not least, I said that jujitsu got shut down, so I took up weightlifting with a friend and just finally watched Pumping Iron for the first time. Oh, with wow. First time? First time. That's a great documentary. It's so good. And then you know what cracks me up is when Lou Ferrigno's dad <laughs> is, is like – 
egging him on, and he says about Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger's got spaghetti arms. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger has spaghetti arms. Hey, as Arnold's shirt says at the end, Arnold is numero uno. And just to watch that and to think about what Arnold would go on to become. Yeah, right? yeah. This was him retiring from bodybuilding, and he wasn't anybody, but you could just tell that he had it. He had yeah. the chutzpah, you know, yeah. to go on. So Pumping Iron, West Side versus the World, another awesome documentary, and Born Strong. Those have been a lot of fun, good character study pieces because I love documentary weirdos, yep. as I bring up, and those yep. are full of them. So uh, wrapping up, that's me. Uh, what, what are some last things on you guys' mind that you want to bring up? Uh, in terms of the new stuff, not much. It's just been a... An exploration of uh, different topics. Um, I've watched a lot of uh, Kurosawa and just things that I felt like I never had time for, but I was interested in. Yeah. Until this pandemic hit, and so instead of just rewatching the same things that I usually did, either seasonally or uh, for the podcast, I really tried to go out of my way to tackle certain topics of things that. I was interested in, but I felt like the work week just didn't allow very often. So that's that's really been the crux of the pandemic for me. Yeah. With me, one thing that I've done, as the professor put it, I brought the convention to me. Yes. Uh, during the pandemic, I found on websites where certain celebrities would were signing autographs and would mail them to you. Uh, I'm a wrestling nerd, and Jim Cornette was selling eight by tens for twenty dollars shipped. So I got a personalized eight by ten from him, uh, as well as some other things. Uh, a big and and I don't think I can accentuate enough how much this meant this meant to me during the pandemic. Uh, I grew up on the Farmer Four channels, so I didn't have cable. So. And I was also a teenager by the time the popularity was really there. So I knew who Joe Bob Briggs was, but I wasn't somebody who watched Monster Vision or anything like that. I knew who he was, though. So during the pandemic, I discovered Shudder. And I subscribed, and I discovered The Last Drive-In, and I really discovered Joe Bob Briggs for myself. I love horror hosts. My tastes are more theatrical with horror hosts like Sammy Terry and Count Bordeval, you know, they're playing some sort of supernatural uh, ghoul, a vampire, whatever. Joe Bob took a minute for me to warm up to him. But after I did, and this is where it gets kind of deep. I, I, you know, the wife was going through chemotherapy. So there was that added dread of the disease of, of the virus and all that kind of thing. And so I, I was taking extra precaution not to be around anybody, you know, just being extra, extra safe. I am a very social person and I need that kind of interaction and I wasn't getting it. So watching the last drive in for me, made me feel like I was getting to hang out with somebody while watching horror movies. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and Joe Bob had the holiday specials and all that kind of thing. So that really, that really left a mark with me that I almost felt like I had a personal experience with Joe Bob Briggs because yeah. that created that, camaraderie that I was missing mm -hmm. in every other aspect of my life because I got to hang out with him for hours at a time on a Friday night or whatever time I was watching the, the you know, the on demand stuff. And so I ended up ordering a autographed eight by 10 from Joe Bob on his website. And, and you know, it gave your, your four weeks before you would get it. And it got to be like six, six to eight weeks, and I hadn't received anything. So I sent an email just said, hey, can I get an ETA? I ordered it this time. Here's my number, my uh, order number. His assistant came back and uh, said they didn't show the system. They apologized for it. Uh, I said, that's cool, you know, whenever. 
The next day, Joe Bob Briggs himself emailed me. Whoa. And apologized for not getting it out to me and that it had gotten lost in the mix or whatever. Uh, had told me he was going on his one-man tour again and he'd never performed in Indiana. And if I knew of any venues to let him know and he would have his booker look into it and this and that. So... I can't say enough for Joe Bob Briggs. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I was, I'm a Johnny come lately on, on him as a host, but like I say, he and Darcy gave me people that I felt like I was hanging out with when I watched these, when I couldn't interact with anybody else. And then to take the personal interest, I mean, it was a, like a $20, $30 autograph that he, that he took the time to email me personally about. Yeah. So, so I'm really putting over Joe Bob Briggs on that. And another thing that I did regarding that as well is we had talked about this when we watched the Omega man about how, uh, people who are stationed places will dress in like have a formal night yep. and that kind of thing. So on Friday nights and Saturday nights, I will, I, I watch most of my movies in my spare room where I have a recliner and cause the wife doesn't always dig what I'm watching, you know, and I've got all my autographs and everything else on it, but I also have some, some like Halloween decor around blow molds and things of that nature. And I will only light those on Fridays and Saturday nights to make it kind of a special occasion and that kind of thing. So that's another weird thing that I started doing during the pandemic. So for me, that's really about it. Those are the things that honestly got me through the pandemic. Uh, that's the, 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 the nuggets of enjoyment that I found in between to get me through to the finish line that I knew was there, but Right. For a while there, it didn't seem like it was going to be there. And so that's what got me through. So that's it for me. That's my closing remarks. Uh, just a few films. Uh, I, a couple of them we've covered on here, but like The Dark and the Wicked is something that I, I definitely hadn't seen until we did the, uh, you know, Monster Mash a while back. Uh, but right, uh, right around Labor Day, our theater reopened. Um, and it hadn't been open since the shutdown. And they were actually showing movies through the weeks, which is easier for me to go see. So I went and saw The New Mutants, which was okay. But I was just excited that it actually got to come out since they had been trying to release it for several years. But I actually went and saw Unhinged with Russell Crowe. And that movie was just, uh, it's weird because it, it, it took me out of what's going on because it's so disturbing. And I didn't expect how uh, horrific the movie was actually going to be. Um that's definitely one of the, the ones I think that's probably highlighted from that I saw last year, especially surprising that I, I just kind of was going to go to a movie. Um, so that's one that the Night Stalker documentary really affected me so much uh, that I was convinced he was like in my house and that he's dead. <laughs> the wife tries to leave the windows open sometimes at night and I said, and I'll close them. She's like, what do you, why would you leave that episode? Oh, do you want Richard Ramirez to get in here? Okay. <laughs> Uh, as, as cornball and, and crappy as it was Wonder Woman, when it came out, I went and saw, uh, I still liked it. I went and saw it with Rybones. Well, you know, it was just, to me, it was the first blockbuster they put out in the theater. So to me, that was a sign that we might be getting back to normal soon. Um, Saturdays for me kind of became almost like docs, uh, as much as I love mo- uh, movies, I love music. So, um, HBO was kind of killing it there with the Tina Turner documentary that just came out. There's a BG one that has just recently been put out. Um, so those were pretty awesome and maybe not so great, but still past the time was lifetime was doing one every week, like salt and pepper movie. And, uh, there's a Whitney Houston documentary about her, uh, being murdered by her, uh, her godson or whatever he was. So, um, Cobra Kai watched. And then a uh, highlight for me was some old movies. So Amityville horror, the original Rosemary's baby, the thing, uh, the little theater in Miamisburg was playing all of those. Um, Sabrina, the original one, I had never seen before. So uh, that was like one of the highlights. The TV series? No. Which no. Talk, which about Sabrina talk? with um, uh, Audrey Hepburn. Oh, Not okay. Audrey Hepburn, but yeah. yeah. Is it? I don't know. I'm half drunk. Um, <laughs> also, Charade, uh, Citizen Kane, a lot of the movies on my shame list I've been watching. Judas and the Black Messiah, that was like definitely um, a really strong one that I saw. And then I would just say um, 
I didn't have as much contact as I'd like with friends, so doing the podcast definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, we, we podcasted more than normal because of the format of just doing one at a time. Um, I think that kept some normalcy for me, so that was uh, much appreciated. And um, I also hit the drive-in a lot. I didn't get to do the drive-in, but I was I was fiending to do that. Um, so yeah, that was kind of what got me by. That and uh, discovering MTV Live that plays all music videos. So you let your secrets out. I am. <laughs> Let's hope. Uh, please, please don't take that channel away from me. Too late. All right. Well, it's been a long. How long, Professor? Fourteen months. <laughs> For the hundredth time tonight. It's been a long fourteen months, but here we are, back together trying to bring y'all some quality content. Thanks for hanging out with us on this episode where we got a little more candid than we usually do. A nice break. Yeah. Just to uh, reach out to us. Tell us about what's got you through the pandemic. We'd love to hear. Um, We definitely care about all of our listeners. Um, Definitely. We don't. We appreciate. We 100% appreciate because a a good part of us is we, we do do this for us. Yeah. But we we appreciate the fact that anybody else gives a shit to listen to us. Right, right. It's been a it's been a unique experience for everybody. Sure, sure. So wrapping up a unique episode of the Midwest Monsters podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by Professor Wagstaff, Ben Wisdom, Hot Toddy. Stay scary, yeah, boy.